freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 233 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our guest today is joanne osborne Joanne is an Arizona State representative and a small business owner. She's a wife, a mom, and a grandma, and has been in public service for more than a decade. By working in both the public and private sector, Joanne understands how a pro-business environment, fiscal responsibility, and a high-quality education system lead to a high-quality life for her family and her constituents. Joanne is currently campaigning in the 2020 election to continue her work on behalf of the citizens of the state of Arizona. Welcome to the show, Joanne. Thank you. Hello. Hello. And it's always it's always fun and interesting when we're interviewing like a personal friend, you know? So it's like, oh, we have all of these formal questions to ask you, but really we want to just kind of, you know, go hang out and have a glass of wine and you know, the main reason we like, we like chatting with her is because she has the stuff. We know she's got it. <laughs> she's there. This is true. And so she's we, smart enough to wear polka dots. Yes. Right? yes. Yes. I love it. I, yeah, I caught that right away. I'm like, mm-hmm. she gets me. I get her. Um, oh, and look at this little ditty that showed up in the mail. This oh, is nice. Very nice. Whole picture, your family on the back. I love it. That is super, super nice because like the inside has all kinds of great information about um, successes you've had and your, your uh, values and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's so hard sometimes when we're trying to figure out, well, who do we vote for uh, to really get some good information? And when somebody has served previously, like you have, you're bringing with you tons of experience tons of, you know, past, uh, you know, trials by fire and all of that kind of thing. Um, you've served on boards, on city council, as vice mayor, uh, and as an Arizona state representative. You've seen the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, and I wanted you to talk to us, uh, because we are in Arizona, but it's a nationwide audience. And so some things that translate everywhere are the distinctions between being a politician, right, or a public servant, because I really don't think there's much crossover in that Venn diagram. What do you say? Well, I thank you for that question. And, uh, you know, when, when you are a public servant, you truly are a servant to your community, to your fellow man. 
And uh, I know a lot of times this sounds cliche, but when you say, you know, faith, family, fellow man, I mean, that is what I live by. But it's also something that I think has just been ingrained within me since I was a kid. And uh, it's experiences, it's influ influences that are around me that um, really has been the driving force. You know, sometimes people will say, I, I stepped up because I want to give back to my community. Very heartfelt, wonderful reasons to do it. And I do have that, but I also have just this ingrained sense of responsibility. And I think that goes back with uh, the history of my own family. And uh, it's something that I've grown up with and I'm very proud of. But when it comes to public servant and politician, you know, are you a statesman? Are you stateswoman? And that's about your integrity. That's about um, being able to listen and to, um, you know, not throw people under the bus. It's about leadership qualities that we all uh, admire and respect. And that respect is only given to you if you're giving respect to others. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, when you're thinking about uh, what's going on anywhere from homelessness to infrastructure to the economy, um, all of those things are part of being a, a state's person. Absolutely. And, you know, because we're pals, you know, I know that so much of you and the way that you live out your life and raise your family has to do it. It is rooted in your grandparent or your grandfather specifically, you have yeah. said, talk to us a little bit, help us know them a little bit and why their example is so important. Well, absolutely. And growing up with my grandfather's stories, and I'll, I'll tell you that I know has helped shape who I am, who's shaped my father and how I was raised. Uh, but what's funny is that right now I'm, I'm um, finalizing the Daughters of American Revolution application. All my gene genealogy is done and uh, should be officially a DAR uh, anytime. But, you know, my roots go all the way back to the revolution. And they've, they, my family has fought for our freedoms since that time. But my grandfather, my, my dad's father, was a World War II fighter pilot. And the amazing thing was that um, the Goodyear Airport, you know, we all know it now as the Goodyear Airport, it had been the uh, Navy um, Air Base um, back in World War II. My grandfather actually left to war from that base, and two weeks later, my dad was born. Unfortunately, he never got to meet his son. That was the last time his, the family saw uh, my grandfather. Uh, he was killed in action, and uh, his plane had been shot down on his 62nd mission, oh, and he wow. parachute, parachuted out. And his wingman saw him and saw him parachute out and took off after the the guy that shot my grandfather down. And so uh, the family had hoped he was a prisoner of war. Um, they waited and waited, but did not hear anything, so he was missing in action. Then when the war ended and all the prisoners were being released, um, they hoped he would show and he didn't. Mm -hmm. Now, my great-grandfather, his father, had been in World War I. And he was in, I always call it the cavalry. I don't know what else you would call it. He was artillery on horseback, so <laughs> I call that the cavalry. Um, during World War I, he had been in a battle, my great-grandfather, and he had saved his captain's life. 
So here back to his own sons missing from the war and his captain had continued on up the ranks um, and uh, he went to his captain and he said, hey, help me find my son. Well, his captain is now um, President Truman. And oh, wow. In, Holy cow. In, yes, in President Truman's book, it talks about my great-grandfather, Victor Householder, and how he had um, saved his life in the battle. A hor his horse had been hit and was smothering him, had fallen on him. My great-grandfather was a big man and was able to, you know, get the horse off of him. And, and you better believe President Truman went and had people find and locate that um, my grandfather's remains. And he is buried in the American Belgium Cemetery in the Ardens, um, I think it's Ardens is how you pronounce it, um, military cemetery in Belgium. Oh, so, you know, gosh. I grew up with that. And That's amazing. It's, it's, you know, that is an amazing story. But even if you don't have that history, that doesn't stop you from doing your best to serve your fellow man. You know, I, I did, I have that history. You know, I was a Girl Scout. I was in student council. I was a camp counselor. I was a T-ball coach. All those things that have just led me to where I am today. Um, and that's just doing the right thing and, and stepping up. But even if you don't have that, and there's something that you care about, whether it's, you know, save the spotted owl or it's, you know, um, true uh, democracy at play or whatever that you are, are fired up about, go be part of it. You know, mm -hmm. step up and help. You don't have to be, you know, somebody that has a, a vast experience or, or coming from a family that, you know, has that kind of history. You just have to have the desire to want to make a difference. Well, Joanne, there's something that might be as rare as a spotted owl that <laughs> a lot of politicians don't follow. This is rare. And the we're losing, we're the, losing the Constitution Bill of Rights as we speak, and I, I just, I know that you're a follower of the Constitution. I so. have one of those, actually, in my little pocket. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's those good to refer back to, that is for sure. And so, uh, kind of jumping off from there, uh, what are some of the, the big issues uh, here in our Arizona elections that are also relevant, because like I said, our, our audience is nationwide, actually worldwide, um, What's also relevant to the national conversation and the citizens of this nation, no matter where they live? You know, for Arizona, just specifically, we had an incredible economy, a lot of great uh, policy and uh, investment and tax cuts were, were coming down the pike. The virus has obviously changed everything. And that is nationwide, that is worldwide, as we know. And um, some of the categories, I mean, right now, education, getting our kids back into school is a hot topic. You know, the issue of healthcare, the issue of um, our economy and our finances, those are our fiscal policies, all of those things are going to be taking, um, I think, top precedent going in uh, to, the next sessions, whether it's at the federal level or, you know, the state level. Now, every state's going to be different as to what's hitting them the most, but some of the other issues that were, would have been, um, I think, the top of, of mind was going to be infrastructure, 
and uh, different, different things that have not had the major um, investment in that, they've that they should have had. Uh, you know, those are gonna be all those different conversations now uh, and that's because of this virus. But, you know, going forward, I think priorities don't change. You know, priority of, of the things we live by and, you know, the lowest taxes we can, fiscal responsibility, um, a top education, um, not burdensome regulations on our businesses, you know, helping them grow. And really what it's going to be is leading ourselves out of this crisis. And that's, and that's where I think that um, the experience that I have, I bring to the table in being able to help with those decisions because I understand the local level, I understand the cities, I understand, I, I sit on our hospital board, you know, I see all these different moving parts, I've raised four children, and, uh, and I, I understand, you know, the day-to-day the -day issues that we all deal with, besides being the only retailer in our state legislature, mm -hmm. and uh, bringing that uh, to the forefront, because there's not that many business people that mm -hmm. are in the legislature. And, That's scary. Uh, yeah. Because you know and there's so you many there, there's so many regulations with businesses and the people that don't understand business can you know, they think that it's no burden to us business people. So well, thank you. You know during during the time that you know we've we were closed in April and uh, a jewelry store is, it was deemed non-essential even though I know we're essential to our community but you know, non-essential. And uh, I said to our employees that day that we were being closed, I said, okay, we're going to give it a month. And uh, this, we're going to do this for our fellow man. But at the same time, I was telling the governor's staff, listen, you need to understand what it means in the springtime in Arizona for retailers. Mm -hmm. And the fact that um, it's our, our good spring months, tourism and, and retail, Mother's Day, graduations, all those things come into play to get us through the hot summer months. And that window is being closed. So that um, ability to be able to say, this is what's going on, I thought was important as a small business owner to be able to bring that information to the governor's office. Absolutely. It is so vital um, to have that that the experience and the voice in the room. Um, and, you know, as Dan was saying that, you know, if you have no experience, like me trying right now to have this conversation about the schools need to open, okay? Just, they need to open. Well, I don't, I am not a teacher. I am not in the field of education. And so what I bring to the conversation is, is not as detailed and nuanced as someone who is in that field. And so uh, I think that's a kind of a fair um, comparison. And one of the reasons why uh, when President Trump was running uh, was one of the reasons I liked him for the job is because when you're a business person, you have to get results and you have to build alliances and you have to be able to network. And you don't just sit back and just kind of theorize about things, which I think a lot of career politicians, that's sort of their MO, you know, well, it should work this way in the world. So let's just throw some laws at it. Right. Right. In the perfect world. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just super surprised because, you know, uh, the backbone of America is small business. Mm -hmm. Everybody's Absolutely. saying that. And then for the, the government with regulate to not have 
the education, not the experience to know what laws are effective and what laws are not. That's kind of scary. Thank you for being there, Joanne. Well, thank you. But I mean, but you can imagine too, what business, not only are business people trying to still, you know, take care of their business, but you know, it's, when it's a, when it's a uh, an ugly time in society and when you're running for you know an election and you're being smeared i mean that is that is hard that is hard on your name and that name is associated with your business and so you know there, a lot of business people i think really have to stop and go do i really want to get into the middle of this so <laughs> you know it is difficult yeah it is. i i admire anybody who throws her hat in that uh, rough and tumble ring. I, I don't think I'm made of, of the stuff to yeah, do because that. What's in it for her to serve the, the public. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. So you're putting in a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of downsides for, for, sure. for just wanting to serve. Yeah. Um, you know, well, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, one thing, my family's been here since the 1800s in Arizona and every day when I would drive to the Capitol, I have to pass by all of our monuments and um, the World War II monument is there. And every Arizonan who gave their life for our freedoms in World War II, their nameplate is, is hanging there. And there's my grandfather's. And so oh. I pass that every day. Yeah. And I think, you know what? This is important. Yeah. And um, it's hard and it's stressful and I don't always sleep well, mm -hmm. but uh, I know it's important. And I, I, I soldier through. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, because we are Gun Freedom Radio, of course, we want to dive in a little bit about the, the Second Amendment. Um, and, you know, we, we don't want to talk about the, the negative side of, of politicking and um, running for office and that sort of thing. But one of the uh, pieces of information that showed up in my mailbox it did say, well, this candidate has these things, uh, you know, these positive things on their record about, um, you know, protecting the Second Amendment. And then on your side, it was like, no record of whatever. Well, this, the offices that you've served in, you know, there isn't a way to have a record. Like, you know, we both served on the Chamber of Commerce together. <laughs> so technically speaking, I have no record of protecting the second amendment and all this advocacy work that I do, someone could easily just wipe it away with, with something like that. But you do have, um, you have personal experience with reasons why uh, small business owners and individuals need to have their right un as unencumbered as possible uh, to keep and bear arms. So can you kind of lead us through that a little bit? Sure. And, and you're right, um, I have not had a record of protecting the Second Amendment. It, I have not been in uh, the arena, whether it was at the city. Now, at the state level, you know, I only have two sessions behind me, and we did have one item that was, was on guns that I did, you know, support, and that was um, uh, a, good, a good item of non-regulation. But I have experiences, and... I'm not a big person that fills out surveys and signs pledges and all that stuff as candidates and as elected people, you get hit with all these things. Um, but I can tell you that it's experiences that I've had that should help you understand while I will always support our second amendment. That is as a jewelry store owner. 
that is as a, a mother that um, quite a few years ago, I was pregnant and a fully masked gunman came into our business and held a gun on my six month pregnant belly while I had to um, unload all my cases. And that was a very, very uh, stressful time. But you know, I, I felt I was gonna be okay. But there it was, there was that gun being held on my, my belly and my baby. And um, about, I wanna say three years later, three armed guys came in with semi-automatics and held them on my nine-year-old boy and they handcuffed him to a chair. Mm. And so it is terrifying. And uh, I will know that no matter how many laws you try to put out there, you will not get the guns off the street. Mm -hmm. You will not, you will never be able to tell me that I am protected and Mm -hmm. I have every right to protect myself. And I will not take that away from others because they have that right as well. And, uh, and that needs to be on the record that that is my experience. And that will always be, uh, in, in my thoughts, besides the fact of freedoms that we all hold dear and that's in our constitution. And that is that right to bear arms. And I will not take that away from others. Absolutely. And I so appreciate you sharing that with us because that's got to be hard to kind of mentally go back to those times. Uh, I, I can't imagine. But, you know, you're, you've, uh, you're a daughter of the Republic. You have a grandfather that fought in World War I, a grandfather that fought in World War II. That has to mean something that you have lineage that goes all the way back to the time before this document existed and leading up to why it even exists. Right. I mean, we we had to our founding fathers and mothers had to secure the right to even put pen to paper. Um, and when you know your your history and have that that family history and then you know, leading forward into some personal experiences like you've shared, you know, that has to make an impact. One thing that I will say is that uh, there are so many people out there that would say, well, you're a mom. So it's irresponsible of you to have a firearm around and you had these bad experiences where guns were involved. So automatically that should make you say that all guns are bad. (laughs) And I don't feel that way. It's just the opposite. And uh, I think that just as you would train children around a pool, train children in the car, uh, as we as we lock away drugs, we don't want people to get to because they could be harmful. Guns are no different, and and so people always try to associate an 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 object rather than the person's responsibility, their understanding, and the training that a mother should give. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that. So so I'm I'm I guess I'm the opposite against those those thoughts. Well, me too. It must be the polka dots. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, Joanne, there's a lot of people that d- during the COVID have decided that, you know, they want to go on our side and have a gun now. And, you know, we encourage training and everything else. But those, some of those people that bought firearms from us were concerned because the regulations that we have right now kept some of them from getting guns immediately. Uh, they they had a delay or the NIC system was down, which is the background. So, so the background check perfectly law abiding moral uh, you know, U.S. citizens, Arizona citizens. 
you know, encountered some hurdles in the, right. the pathway. And so it was shocking to them because it was their first time. So I know that when you look at the experiences that you have, and you know that, you know, we, ha we are the first responders, okay? We are. You are, we are. Uh, that we need to have that right to protect ourselves and our family. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that you're, you'll be aware of that with any new laws that are coming up, things like that, that are happening right now, right? Well, for, for gun freedom or for just things Second in general? Second rights. Just, oh, you know. yes. Because there are there are people t trying to take our guns away, even in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I know, I know that, and uh, and you do. You have to read between the lines. You have to think about, you know. So if we do this, are we what what precedent are we setting? You know, those are always the things to to have to watch out for, and you have to look at the big picture. You know, you have to look at okay. I mean, the red flag law gun. Um, issues that kept coming up and you know all about mental health well I, I had been the chairman of homelessness uh, during the recession for Maricopa County and the the mental health issues in homeless people are are vast mm -hmm. I would much rather be tackling the issue of mental health yes than than the issue of the guns because it's not the gun the issues of the person have their right. mental stability and so why are we not focused on that part because if someone is really messed up a gun again is an object well so is a car that they can drive the plow people down so is a knife or a hammer or whatever people that are unstable are unstable and so you know that's unfortunately i don't know why guns are always the thing that you know is the object that they want to you know talk about but when you're mentally unstable, you're going to use what's available all around them, you know? Exactly Almost like right. a drunk driver. How you so? know, well, a drunk driver, you know, uh, you don't ban the liquor. You, you don't, don't the stop car. the car. Right. You control the person. It's the person itself, right? Building roads. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> exactly. True. Right. But mental, mental health is, is a big issue. We're seeing more and more of it all across the country. And I, I don't know what changed, but back when I was a kid, you know, they had institutes to, to, to help people that were in those shapes. We don't have them like that anymore. Mm -hmm. They seem like they put them on the street. Well, I, do, I don't think the resources are properly there. I think that what's changed in society, uh, social media doesn't help. Um, the <laughs> makes us all crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, many of those things have changed. Even going to church has changed. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can look at that has not necessarily been the best path for us to be going. So, right. mm -hmm. right. um, so we've touched a couple of times on the fact that you and your family own Osborne Jewelers. I don't know that we've said it outright that it's called Osborne Jewelers. Where'd they come up with that name? Uh, let's see. It might be because their last name is Osborne. Uh, it's our daughter's favorite place to buy her um, Pandora bracelet charm. <laughs> her Disney Pandora. Her Disney yeah. Pandora, yeah. yes. And, uh, but you guys have estate jewelry there. You have brand new, you know, lines oh, yeah. there. Uh, yes, uh-huh. And you guys have been in business for quite a while. Tell us a little bit about your, your journey into uh, business as a family husband and wife because we can relate yeah <laughs> we exactly. can relate to business 
Well, actually, November 1st, we will be celebrating our store's 30th anniversary. Wow, and congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I always give my age away, but uh, we, we were 25 years old, and we had a 10-day-old baby and a two-year-old when we started. We started wow. in Mary Maryville, uh, 51st mm -hmm. Avenue in Indian School. And um, I think it was uh, 1996, we decided to open up our second location, and that was the Goodyear location. And the funny thing was, this was not my, jewelry was not my thing. It was my mm -hmm. husband's, he was a gemologist, he was actually Arizona's youngest gemologist for a while. And uh, this was his thing, starting this jewelry store. Well, uh, I was actually a pre-med student. <laughs> And so, but I've always been the business end of our business. And one day he said to me, I was, a, I knew I couldn't be a doctor. We had four kids. I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't getting past reproductive um, issues within the, you know, <laughs> courses. I don't know. But uh, so I said, you know, oh, I, but I want to be a nurse. What about, what about my career? You know, and, yeah. and he was ready to start the second store. And I said, you know what? Well, We'll give it to God. And if, if I know I have to do all the work to try to get it open, and if it goes just great, then I'll be done with school. And that's what happened. And we said, hey, you know what? We're moving to Goodyear. We're going to be part of this community. We want to raise our kids here. And, uh, and that's what we did. And so um, we ended up closing Maryville, and we have the Goodyear location on Litchfield and um, Van Buren. We also had for a, a small time, we had a, a kiosk on the base. We also had that. And, you know, it finally hit the point where we could fulfill our dream. And that was building our own freestanding store, which was five years ago. And so, you know, uh, hard work and a lot of sacrifice. I mean, you know, some people think, oh, you've had it so easy. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And um, are you kidding me? <laughs> if you're in business, you have not had it easy. It, it's not. And, it, you know, and I have to tell people, it's like, no, I don't think you quite understand. There have been times where uh, early morning, our alarm company was calling because our alarms were going off. And my husband ran down to the store. Well, we had been broken into, but it was by our landlord locking us out because we didn't have mm. enough money for rent. Mm. And, you know, I had to pawn my jewelry to put food on the table. I mean, that's, that's not just an easy go, mm -mm. but it's, it's hard work and it's sacrifice and uh, it's being good with money. It's being good with marketing. It's, but it's also, it's been being part of the community. Mm -hmm. and building relationships and I think that's been key to our success and being you know faithful to our Lord has always been you know first and foremost of, of being taken care of that's you know I went awesome. to her store I didn't know it was hers at the time but In when Maryville? it was on Maryville yeah me and Maynard went there when he, my boss at the time oh, wow. went there to get a Rolex fix. So, wow, I didn't know her then, but I knew her, <laughs> but you know, you're right. The, the local businesses support the communities in ways they don't know mm -hmm. too, you know, so it's both sides. The community supports you and you support the community and nobody, nobody knows unless they're doing it, how hard it is to run a business, how many hours you have to work, the dedication, the conversations you have at the dinner table, the going on trips and being worried about the alarms going off, all these things, it, it's never ending. It never stops. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it's what's exciting though is being in a business that really for the most part is about happy times, gifts, you know, whether it's at Christmas or it's, you know, the engagement ring, um, even even some of the, the sadder things where it's, um, you know, special items for a loved one who's passed away. You know, you're part of people's lives and, you know, that's very important. And my husband and I have always respected that because it could even be a simple little silver bracelet that somebody wears it, that could have been great grandmothers that might only be worth $10 in actuality, but to them it's a million because it's the love that comes with those items that we understand and you have to cherish for sure. And to be able to take a piece of prized, I've taken some of Cheryl's jewelry that is very sentimental to her and your guys do excellent work getting that done. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, well, thank you. Yeah. You repair, you do um, engraving, you do all kinds of great stuff. And, and truly, you know, people might not think about it on the surface level about, well, it's a jewelry store. So they can afford, first of all, you're fabulously wealthy, right? Because you own a jewelry oh, yeah. store. <laughs> and second of all, well, you can afford to be closed because you're non-essential. Well, when we think about all of the special life moments that have happened over the past few months that we've been in COVID, as we sit in the studio on a Monday, uh, July 27th of 2020, uh, you know, we're still in the heat of all of it. We still don't really know, you know, what's, what's going to happen in the future. But when you've had to close down, there are people that have missed out on buying a special engagement ring or buying that, that treasured thing for uh, a graduating student who worked so hard. I don't know that people really understand how much our lives are touched by the work that, that you do in, in that field. Well, thank you. And you're right. I mean, back to, like I said, you know, Mother's Day, we opened up uh, the, the Friday before Mother's Day. And I mean, we had been by appointment, but, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, actual open up to the, you know, general public was, was that Friday before Mother's Day. And uh, in retail, Mother's Day is 10% of the year. Yep. And so that is, that's critical. And that is back to the love that people want to show and that caring and uh, it's, and we're not big online sellers. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it really is got to come in. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that July has come out better. Um, you know, people have waited to shop with us and, you know, really are, are supporting us. And I, I'm so thankful for that. Absolutely. I'm happy to hear that because, you know, when we support our small businesses, not everything's about buying the thing on Amazon. You know, not everything's about next day delivery. It, it, there really is something about consulting with people that are your neighbors in the community and the people that are, um, you know, part of what goes on in a community. And here where we are, we have Avondale, Goodyear, where you are. We're in Avondale. You're in Goodyear. We live in Litchfield, Dan and I do. Um, and then Tolleson, we are this tight-knit, multi-city uh, conglomeration of, of places. And, I mean, we really are that kind of um, Mayberry-esque, uh, <laughs> you know, tight-knit, neighbor-nose-neighbor um, community. And when, when we do support small businesses, it makes all the difference. Uh, to keeping people employed, 
and uh, to helping the next generation understand uh, that family business value. Um, so without uh, perhaps saying anything, because we, we touched on this earlier, we're not about saying what's bad about the other guy. We're about saying what's good about, you know, what we support. That's even my difference between being an advocate for the Second Amendment versus an activist. I always feel like an activist is kind of like saying what I hate about stuff. And an advocate is about saying what I love about things. Um, what makes you... I mean, we've touched on a lot of them already, but what makes you the best person for the concerns that are facing us here in the state of Arizona moving forward? Well, I bring a lot to the table. And, and I think that uh, is needed because everything that is going on touches everything else in some way. So true. You know, and from the, from the point of being a family business owner, having having raised children understanding those connections understanding how we want the economy to be getting back into play we want people to be employed we want people to be trained for the uh the jobs that maybe we don't even know exist yet including our children you know things like that uh, all all go hand in hand i sit on our hospital board I daily get information about what's going on with COVID. You know, um, as I told you earlier, I, I was the chairman over homelessness during the recession. Uh, I, I was on our city council for 11 years. Mm. I was on the YMCA board. I bring all of those things into play and the chamber board. And you know, it's just being able to understand and be part of those conversations, but also being an Arizonan. You know, I, I joke and say, hey, I'll, I'll hug a cactus. You know, I care about our land. You know, I care about what's going on. And um, and so, and I try to keep things, most of all, at the local level. You know, I do believe that government closest to the people is the best. And uh, and I bring that to the table because not there's not very many uh, people that have come from a city council that are at our state government. And so I bring that with me. I bring, as, as I said, you know, not only the only retailer in the, in the legislature, but I'm only one of eight Republican women mm. in, in the House out of 60. So, you know, there's many things that uh, are important that I bring that's kind of um, a diversity in uh, what I bring to the table. And, uh, and, I'm, and, and it's experience. It's experience that, that I bring with me. And I'm just, I'm proud that I'm able to um, understand many of those things. But it's also, most of all, looking for common ground with people and finding out how can we solve these things? Because we got a lot of things in front of us that, that are going to need to take people that will listen to one another and try to find those common grounds. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said that better. Um, so we are, like I said, recording on the 27th of July in 2020. When this airs, it's going to be the day before the election. So yes. um, when people hear this, they're going to have to, you know, react quickly and get out there and vote in person at that point. Right. Um, and so what, what can people do at that point where we're so close to the election to learn more about you, uh, to, to support the, the work that you've done? Um, you know, 
tell folks how they can get a hold of you. Well, there's there's many avenues. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, and I have a website. Um, Joanne Osborne for AZ House is my Facebook. Joanne Osborne Eight is my Twitter, and um, OsborneForArizona.com is my website. So I hope that can help. And of course, you know, I, I can always be emailed. And if you need anything uh, legislatively, there's also my, my office uh, number. Oh my goodness, I don't know my office number. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can get a hold of me at the state too. <laughs> well, we've all been working from home so much. It's like we now really know our home addresses, but exactly. uh, maybe not the address of our businesses and our, our offices anymore. And, uh, and, and Joanne is J-O-A-N-N-E. And then Osborne is O-S-B-O-R-N-E. So there's an E on the end of both of those uh, for spelling, for finding online. Joanne, thank you so much for all you do. Uh, you are just a powerhouse and you are a tireless uh, human being uh, wearing so many hats and uh, to take the, the time and, and energy and effort uh, to serve your community and to serve our state in the, the, the ways that you do and, and are hoping to continue to do through this election. Um, my hat's off to you. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. And I thank you for uh, inviting me. And this was a lot of fun. You guys are great for our community. And it's a, it's a joy to not only know you as friends, but um, to see you professionally and doing what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Joanne. You, we will definitely be checking back in, see how things went with the election, because uh, you're always doing something new. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll be excited to find out what that is. Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye bye. Bye. She is a hardworking woman. She is. I I just love her family and. Um, you know, the energy that she puts out there. And, you know, one thing with uh, serving with her on the, the Chamber of Commerce board, we didn't get to serve for very long because I was in my last year of serving and then COVID hit. And so we stopped having our in-person meetings. But, um, but she is someone who energizes the conversation. She is definitely not a go-along to get along kind of a person. And I love that. Uh, and she's, you know, she's always thinking forward, like, okay, I see this is happening now, but projecting out, you know, a year or five years, we're going to be encountering these things. So what should we, what groundwork should we be laying now? Um, it, it made me sad that I was timing off of the board because I was looking forward to spending more time right. in that, that planning mindset with, with her. In you know what I'm setting. shocked with this interview hmm. to know that only one woman I mean, one business owner is serving the House of Representatives. Well, one is running. Oh, running. Okay. I running. know she said that. I don't. She might have said the only one. I think she said the only one. And and the thing about that is that. Well, you're a business owner. What are you doing all day? Right. Running your, your business. business right. You don't. But a lot of us don't have. Could you imagine a great staff that like she does to help? Hmm? Could you imagine a government ran like a business? That yeah. if they didn't have enough money, that they had to sell something to get the money not go take more from the people how but about that? could just a, a government ran like a business how about that? so what we're what we're seeing with trump yeah kind of is that he's you know he's making um 
he's making this foolish spending go away and there's a lot he's doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to see somebody on the uh, Arizona side that's uh, right. going to work to make Arizona run like a business. I, yeah, I, so that whole thing, because for us, when we say run like a business, we say results matter. Efficiently, efficiently. Yeah. And because results know, matter and we don't get to just go over to the treasury and print some more money. I we can't go say. Actually cut expenses. Here's what I have as a business. Or find new revenue streams. Let's say that I want to go to Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. I deserve to go to Hawaii. We need to go to Hawaii. Oh, it's, it's, you deserve it, right? So to do that, I have to raise the price of everything in our store mm -hmm. to go to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, well, we need a new car. Mm -hmm. So we raise the price of that. And eventually you're out of business because your prices are too high, right? Mm -hmm. Business of the government runs their way. Oh, we need to put more money here. So we're just going to take it from the people. Mm -hmm. And we're going to raise more taxes. We're going to do more of this. And so they have an un they can have as much money as they want. They can make foolish mistakes. Mm -hmm. They can spend money where they don't need to spend money because they have an unlimited, they think, source of income. Mm -hmm. And that's where I wish the government would think like a business. That, yeah, that drives right. me nuts when you hear these campaigns out there. It's only a penny. penny. It's only one more penny tax. Right. What are you greedy that you can't cough up one more penny? It's like, okay, you've moved mm -hmm. that line so far that now you're like taking, you know, 40% of our wages. Well, I heard know? a splurt or whatever you call them in on at Portland with all the damage or Seattle, one of the two, I can't remember, but they, all the damage that was done to the property there mm -hmm. that there's some government people that say, Oh, we'll just raise the property taxes for all the businesses in the area, in the County. Will you now? So, and will your businesses stay? Do, do they realize? Probably not how much but, property you taxes know, are go with that right. see see how that right. works out for you so uh they just they just say well we'll just raise this we'll just raise that and same with the minimum wage so they raise the minimum wage to 15 dollars, and now your two dollar burger costs you four dollars and you say why because yeah. business owners are greedy and rich that's what they always try try to say where right? are those at i don't know Please i want to be one of, one of those are. i, I don't want to be the greedy kind but i'd kind of like to be the, the wealthy yeah. kind that would be fun so anyway try. Uh, i really want to take this opportunity to thank joanne for mm -hmm. being on the show mm -hmm. thank you to our guests or also um our listeners because yes, she listeners. was our guest she was our guest <laughs> joanne was our, our guest. guest that's right and maybe a listener I'm too, right? So we'll thank her for both things. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, your time is your most finite resource. And when you spend it with us, we value that. We, we, we recognize it and we value that you are listening, that you're taking these conversations around your uh, dinner tables and um, into your chat rooms because everybody's in a chat room nowadays, right? On right. Facebook and wherever else um, on social media because we're all locked up in our houses for this crazy COVID season that I'm hoping is about to pass. Um, but yes, thank you to our awesome listeners. You can go to our website. You can. You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Gunstreamer. You can watch us on OpsLens app on your smartphone. Or if you just want to listen to the audio only, you can go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and 
binge listen to your heart's content, all of the shows that we have posted there. When you want to learn more about our guests, go on our guest tab, click on that, and you'll see photos and links and bios of all of the guests that we've ever had on the show. Beautiful, educated, and serving guests. Yes. Uh, it's a wonderful resource. Yeah. And uh, when you spend time there, we don't hate that. Nope. So, all right. So again, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our awesome guest, Joanne Osborne. And until next time, pray for our nation, yes. for our world. Yes, pray for our nation. World. We need prayer. We certainly do. And it's good for us when we pray, yes. right? It, it's just good for, for everybody. And uh, um, pray for our leaders. And you know what? Representatives. We'll pray for our leaders and representatives that are examples like who we just had on the show today. It makes it easy to pray for those, doesn't it? Yes, but also pray for those the other ones you don't like. Are they really leaders? Maybe especially the ones you don't like. Okay. I All don't right. know if they're our leaders or not. They might be our representatives. They might be our No, they don't represent officials, me. elected officials. They don't represent you? A lot of them don't. That's part of the problem. That's why we're praying for them. <laughs> yes. And you know what? You get a good politician in there. Mm -hmm. You get a good uh, uh, servant. Yeah. Then it spreads. It does. So just, just keep it up. It so anyway. All right. Until don't forget next to vote. time. Be good to each other. Have a great week. 